Well, on this day, we can truly say, Alleluia, Christ is risen over all the earth, because uh, this is, of course, the day of Orthodox Easter. So East and West, at last, are celebrating the great feast of the resurrection. Now, uh, last night up at um, Church Nerd Headquarters, which is otherwise known as the Rectory, we were uh, watching on YouTube as the, the, the holy fire emerged from the Holy Sepulchre uh, in Jerusalem, and people were shouting with joy and waving candles everywhere. And I have to say, one thing I love about the Orthodox is they don't care what they get wax on. You know, it's just, it just oh, just the, it's the thought of it just makes my spine cringe. But they're, just, they're waving the candles, and it's just flying everywhere. And um, Pete always said that, you know, Easter to him, the smell of burning hair always reminded him of Easter in the Orthodox Church, you know. But uh, anyway, so we, we are joyous today because the whole, the whole of Christendom is now celebrating the resurrected Christ. And here in our little corner of Christendom, we have, uh, of course, our own traditions that we adhere to uh, throughout the many, many years and decades and centuries. And one of those is that this Sunday is uh, called Thomas Sunday in some places for reasons that you may find obvious after hearing the uh, gospel today. And, of course, the opening hymn that we sang, which is always sung on the second Sunday of Easter. A little bit down key from last Sunday's opening hymn, but telling the story of Blessed Thomas. And I love this gospel reading because, you know, Thomas gets a bad rap as being Doubting Thomas. And in the tradition in which I was raised, uh, it's just about the worst thing you could do was doubt anything. Uh, certainty was prized among, above anything else. And what I would say to you, though, is that something I took away from seminary was that doubt is not the opposite of faith. Doubt is an integral part of our faith journeys. Doubt is what leads us to question and examine and what ultimately leads us to build a stronger foundation upon which to stand. Certainty is what I would say is the opposite of faith. Certainty is where you sit firm and pat in your beliefs, never question, never ask anything, and just go along, you know, sort of on cruise control. And that's not a really, really a way to grow as a Christian or just as a human being, I think. So here we have this wonderful story of Thomas. And Jesus, after the resurrection, is appearing and disappearing to different people. Um, and one of the interesting things is that to many of the people to whom he appears, they initially don't recognize him. You know, I don't know if that's because maybe he looked a little different after he was resurrected, or they just couldn't possibly even begin to believe that it would have been true, as he said. Because, you know, they struggled with that even after the resurrection. It is a pretty fantastic story, after all. And so he appears one day in a house where the disciples are gathered, minus Thomas. And it says, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Now, the disciples are, at this point in time, extremely confused, extremely frightened. They are, I imagine, thinking if they can come for him, they could come for us. Because, of course, they were known to be his followers. And they saw what happened to Jesus, and naturally, they didn't want it to happen to them. 
And so they shut themselves away in fear. How interesting that now, Easter, sort of the great buildup during Holy Week, sort of climaxes on Easter Sunday, and then we keep the joy going a little bit longer, you know, and then it, even though the season goes for several weeks, um, we just sort of taper off. But in the time of the first disciples, in the time of the actual resurrection, it was quite different. The first Easter was greeted with, with fear, with disbelief, and the weeks following were spent trying, just trying to figure out what in the world was going on. And here Jesus is appearing to people and disappearing to try to, I guess, drive home the point that, yes, indeed, I meant what I said when I said that I must be killed and rise again. So he appears to Mary Magdalene at the tomb, and she thought he was the gardener. He appears to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They think he's just a stranger. And he appears to the disciples in the locked room, greeting them by saying, peace be with you. And just as an aside to that, um, liturgically speaking, when the priest is celebrating the Eucharist and makes this gesture, this is called the Oran's position, and says, peace be with you every single Sunday, that is not just a signal for you to turn around and shake your neighbor's hand. That is the greeting of the risen Christ. So something to remember. So he greets them with the sign of peace. And after this, interesting, he showed them his hands and his sides, and they rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So all this happens, and then he disappears. So here comes Thomas. Could you imagine being late to that party? I don't know what he was out doing. And so he comes in, and they said, we have seen the Lord. He doesn't believe them. He doesn't want to believe them. And you can almost hear the exhaustion and sorrow in his voice when he says, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. I take that to mean something like, we have been through so much, I don't know if I could take this any longer. I don't know if I can build up my hopes again just to have them dash to find out it's not really true. So, sorry guys, but until I see for myself, I will not believe. So a week goes by, and they were all again in the house, and this time, of course, Thomas was there. And Jesus appeared to them, and again said, Peace be with you, and immediately says to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answers, My Lord and my God. So, Thomas, who is maligned as being the doubting one, it's really interesting to me that that's sort of what he's remembered for because he did so much more. You know, Peter denied Jesus three times and he's remembered as being the rock upon which the church is built. All Thomas wanted to do was just to be sure that it really was Jesus. But he says, my Lord and my God. And so Remember those words as you leave today, because 
what has come out of that is uh, a, a pious tradition that some people observe. It's sort of a private devotion during the Eucharist at the time of the consecration when the priest lifts up the host for everyone to see. Some people quietly under their breath or silently in their minds say to themselves, my Lord and my God, thus recognizing the body of Christ in its sacramental form. And Thomas, after the time of the resurrection and the ascension and Pentecost and all that, once they are all dispersed, don't forget that Thomas is the one who gets all the way to India. Can you imagine that trip back in those days? Um, a friend of mine is traveling in India right now, and I've been enjoying his pictures on Facebook. It's hard enough now <laughs> to travel around. But imagine at that time the danger and the slowness and the language barriers that they must have faced. But nevertheless, he went all the way to India to spread the news of the resurrected Christ. Jesus says to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. That's us. Thomas and the other disciples had the great privilege and the luxury to actually physically see and be in the presence of the resurrected Christ. Many, many centuries ago, he ascended into heaven and promised to return, and we believe that. But until that time, those who have come after the disciples and those of us today and those who will come after us live by faith. Our faith is not a wish and a hope. Our faith is in, instead a joyful expectation. A joyful expectation of Christ's return. A joyful expectation of eternal life with him because of his gift of himself once and for all upon the cross. So today, once we as the celebration of the Eucharist unfolds, think about that recognition of the body of Christ through the eyes of St. Thomas. Try to put yourself in his position and try to look through his eyes for just one day. And use what you have learned and gathered and uh, sort of fermented in your soul to then go out and follow his example and go out into the world making disciples, no matter where, no matter when, no matter how far, no matter what the obstacles are. Because, as St. Thomas said, we have seen our Lord, if only sacramentally, and we say, when we see him, my Lord and my God, recognizing his body and his command that we go into the world and make disciples in the name of the, and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and that we love as he loved us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.